Alright, well, welcome everybody to episode two of the Schoolhouse Scallywags podcast. Got my man, special guest in the building, Landon Jordan. What's up, Landon? What's up, uh, Mr. Coach Stover? <laughs> it's, it's a great day here, rough weekend in the college football world. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to get into. Uh, obviously, Landon's a huge football fan, just like myself. So, this just... Today's date is the uh, 15th, so this past weekend we had a few good games on the college football, um, especially for us Gamecock fans, not so much for, just so everybody knows, Landon's a huge Georgia fan, so, and he made it out to the game this past weekend, right, Landon, and uh, went down to Athens and been playing, you had the choice between this game and what other game? I had the choice between this game and potentially a Missouri-Texas A&M game, but instead I chose this game because I was confident we would pull this one through, <laughs> and it fell through. It fell through. So, uh, But you also had the choice between the SEC championship too, right? Yeah, that was another option, but might be a good thing I didn't pick that one because yeah. as of right now, we might not make it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but your dad is – a big Gamecock fan, so that had something. I think, you know, that was good that y'all got to go together or whatever and uh, go watch it. Um, but, all right, so y'all left on Friday, right? Went down to Athens. Did y'all stay, like, in downtown Athens, or where'd y'all stay at? We stayed in Delonica Friday night with my family, and we drove down Saturday morning to Athens, made it 9 o'clock to the dog walk. Oh, so y'all got there bright and early. Well, first of all, being a being a noon kickoff, that kind of – I'm not a fan of the noon kickoffs. And what's your thought? What do you, what you think about noon kickoff? I think the noon kickoff killed Georgia's vibe. You think so? Like the, the home crowd? I mean, how was the crowd? Like was the crowd amped the up? or The student section wasn't even filled up to eight minutes left in the second quarter. Right, so it kind of – Took them a while to so, get in there, huh? Yeah, so it would have been a whole lot different if it was a night game or a three or thirty or four o'clock game. You think? I, I think it would. As far as like the vibe in the stadium, it was it was definitely down. So did y'all? Are right, you went to the dog walk? Did y'all tailgate any, or did y'all just go into the game? We, after got, that? we went firehouse subs, ate the sub after the dog walk. So Athens, all right. Like, did y'all walk around downtown Athens or, or anything like that? Or? We, we just walked around the campus. The campus, okay. So, like, Georgia, I hadn't been – I went to Georgia when I was a kid, so I don't really know, like, is the stadium, like, on campus or – The stadium is actually right beside the bookstore. Okay. Which is – you got downtown and you cross the road. You can't actually see the, the – actual school but you can right. see like the halls and student centers so it's yeah. it's pretty much a yeah. close proximity yeah, it's, it's like right kind of like your old-fashioned college yeah, town it's, it's old co- it's yeah that's good that's good so I, I need to make a trip back um but it's hard like with coaching high school ball it's hard to go on away games because you ain't got no really time you know what i mean so as soon as we get done with the game friday night unless it's a bye week we don't really have a chance to get nowhere and, and settle down and be able to go out to watch an away game so, uh, but um, the the game starts at twelve, obviously. So I thought that was definitely going to be a good thing for um, the Gamecocks, right? Starting on the road, starting on the road at um, at noon, and uh, you know. Georgia's crowd wasn't going to be as amped up, just like you said. Just like I, I mean, you could tell it was a big crowd in the stands, but you couldn't tell, you know, the how loud it was. 
All right, so start off, you know, we kick off. Georgia pretty much drives down the field, does whatever they want to do, and they get three out of it. So I have to remember. I'm good at remember certain, remembering certain plays, but what you remember about that first drive and what was you like? What was you thinking maybe after the first drive when they kind of went right down and got the three points right off the bat? I remember we got the ball first. South Carolina won a toss. Uh, Georgia got the ball, drove down, pushing the ball good. Just kind of what I expected. South Carolina made a defensive stand down there, had to kick a field goal. We still got points in the opening drive, so you feeling pretty good about it. But what I like I told uh, you know, my buddies I was watching the game with, South Carolina hardly ever defers. Like when they win the toss, we normally receive, which just makes no sense because we always go three and out punt anyway. So I don't know why, you know, they they all I don't know why they would try to do something different, but it worked out for them. So they kick off. Georgia goes down the field. All of us are going all oh, crap, you know. Like we we held them, but it's like it didn't look good. You know what I mean? They drove right down on us. So then I think uh, for our first position, we may have gotten a first down or two, but we didn't we didn't get any points. So then we punt back to Georgia, and I believe we may have got a three and out. Was it a three Georgia, and out or Georgia got the ball back? Kamara kicked it, pinned South Carolina down on the seven yard line. Yeah. Yep. And then Halitsky got rolling shortly after that. Right, right. And that's when we kind of drove a little bit, and then we hit the big play. Edwards down the sideline. Edwards down the sideline on the play action, rolls out and throws a – I mean, he dropped a dime on him too. Yeah. But it was a heck of a throw. And he got up – you know, Edwards beat the, uh, the corner, and then the safety was kind of late rolling over there, and he hit him up the sideline for a touchdown. So, obviously, that's huge for South Carolina to get a lead early because a lot of times on the road, if you don't get a lead early – it's going to be hard to dig yourself out of a hole, especially against a really good team like Georgia was. So, we go up 7-3, all right? We kick back off to Georgia, and um, I can't remember exactly how, when the first turnover was, but uh, it wasn't, the first turnover was the pick six, right? Was that the first turnover? Right, for half so, time. So, after the seven points, that's when it was kind of become like a defensive type battle. Or did Georgia score and go up 10-3? Georgia went up 10, 10, uh, seven. 10, seven, 10, seven. 10 seven. So they score. I don't know if it was on that. Was it on the next drive or was it a little ways after that? It went to the second, the second, second quarter. Second quarter. So we went back and forth a couple possessions where both teams were kind of stalling out. I mean, it was a good defensive game, both sides pretty much. And then the um, Parker White hit. Parker tie, White hits tie, hits the field goal to tie. Uh, what, Georgia's first touchdown was a. Uh, was a run or a pass? It was a run, right? It was a run with DeAndre Swift. Run with Swift. All right, so he he runs it in, and then we um, kick a field goal to tie it. So that's how it ended up being, getting towards the end of the second quarter. And then the play that really made South Carolina fans say, okay, we get really got a chance to win. It was three minutes left. Three minutes left and a half. Georgia's trying to – Jake Fromm trying to hurry up, throw it, get downfield. He threw it off his back foot. Threw it off his back foot, and then Mukwamu, who's a six-foot-four corner. Takes it to the house. He makes a play on it and takes it to the house. And at that point, I was like, we got a, sh- we got a chance, you know what I mean? And then uh, I can't remember. Kalinske didn't get hurt to the third, right? He got hurt in the third quarter. He got hurt, start, I mean, early drive, early third, drive quarter. third quarter. So, all right, let's say we go into halftime. We up 17-10. Fromm's turn. He hadn't turned it over all year, right? He, that was his first pick all year, so he hadn't turned it over. 
Cyclones up 17. So they played about the best defensive half they could have played, and they were only up seven. Right. So at how you feeling at halftime as a Georgia fan? Well, going right for halftime, Blankenship misses a field goal. Right. And gets blocked. Yep. Yep. Well, you can't. I mean, that one got blocked. Yeah. I don't really know. They say though on block kicks that sometimes it's partly for the kick the, to blame the kicker because the like if he hits it too uh, like a punch shot and it comes out low and it gets blocked. But I mean, I don't know. I, but to me, we got our hand up and blocked it. I think if Georgia I think Blankenship could have come down with that. Yeah, yeah it would have definitely changed. Any points were going to change that game because it was just such a low scoring game. So. They go in the half, so what's the what's the vibe like in the stadium? You think people are nervous or you think like it's pretty much like, ah, we just gotta get right? Georgia fans, they were probably most people in the student section, most Georgia fans, they cleared out, went to the concession stand, All right. went outside of under the so stadium. So can you go outside of the stadium and come back in at what halftime it, without it, a ticket? What they do is you they got it where the gate stops and then they got like an underground where they got the dog statue. They got you good. Right. They got a dog statue, and you go under the stadium. Kind of, it looks like a tunnel where a team, a team would come through. Right. And you go under there, and it's kind of under the stadium, so it's kind of shade. Right. So a bunch of people went under there, went to the hydration station, filled up water bottles, and um, they basically went where, right where you come in the game, and everybody right. kind of went outside. But do you, do you sense, like sometimes in a stadium, you can sense like a vibe like of how the fans on one side are feeling. Like I'll give you an example. Like when we went to watch, we went to the Carolina, South Carolina, North Carolina game to start the year at the Bank of America. So like the whole game, we were up, but we weren't playing good. So it was like 20 to nine or something like that. You know, we were up two scores, but we just weren't playing good. So, but I never got the sense of, even when North Carolina did something good, their fans, they would cheer. They'd be like, yeah, or clap and all that. But I never got the sense that they were really thought they could win until they had the, the fade route. They caught one of the fade balls in the end zone where uh, Howell threw a fade. They called it touchdown. And at that point, you could feel, like, their fans' energy. They were like, okay, we can actually win this thing. And, like, I just wonder, was there a time in that game where Georgia fans went from we're going to win to, oh, crap. Before, we the gotta- ga- before the game, you heard a bunch of comments outside the stadium take this one lightly and get to the next one. Oh, really? They were looking forward. Right. Most of them was just wanting to hurry up and get that game done with and watch the night matchup with LSU and LSU Florida. Florida, right, because everybody's interested to see. Because now the big thing's been talking in the East is the Georgia-Florida game, right? That's always been the whole thing for this year, right? So Florida's been getting a lot of hype. Obviously, Georgia gets hype, but they they deserve it. They got a talented roster. And then so. um, halftime come around, game calls up 17-10. Everybody left the stadium. Everybody was making comments. Something wasn't right. Right. Something not Jake, right. Jake Fromm was off. So, I mean, they. And I think, you know, this is my opinion on it. We stopped. South Carolina stopped the run good enough to make Fromm have to make some throws. And Fromm made some big throws in the game now. I mean, he made some NFL big boy throws from opposite hash to opposite sideline. There were some big time throws. Like he was dropping some, and, and his throws I'm talking about where there is no defense for. So like you may have a guy, like on the on the receiver, but the throw just. I mean, this is a great throw. There's no way you can you can defend. One, one play he hit it, George Pickens. 
George, which number? What number you got? one. one. He, one see, George. all George receivers are so young. I can't. I don't even know who they are. Number one. George number one. Biggest, yeah. He made a dynamic catch in the middle of three Gamecocks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fit it in the spot. But the big thing with George is. Georgia's a running back team. They're yeah, they're a running, running team. Backs. They're a run first team. No matter how good, and I, people are going to give Fromm a lot of criticism, but Fromm is a good quarterback, bottom line. He can make all the throws. It's just, I don't, I think he hasn't had to make the throws until Saturday. Think about it. All year, you know, even the Notre Dame game, they leaned on that run game and they leaned on that offensive line, which they should. That's the strength of the team. But, I think South Carolina being able to not stop the run, because Swift still had 100 yards, I think. But they slowed down the run. How many – you got your stats right? How got, many? Yeah, 113. 113, 23 carries. 23 carries. So, for 23 carries, normally Swift's going to get more than 113 yards. And then uh, I thought a big and, – and people won't – you know, I thought Brian uh, – what's his what's – Brian Herring. I thought him not playing – I thought that was huge was. for us because he's an underrated player for Georgia. Zamir White, you know, he's got his first year. He was highly recruited, top running back or whatever. But I thought Herring or Herring is it Herring? Brian Herring. Herring, yeah, thirty-five. I thought he missing him, and I didn't even know he was out. What's what's his injury? He they didn't really say much because for the game he was. He was warming up with the team. So he warmed up. He warmed up. And okay. Stood on the sideline with yeah, his helmet on. Yeah, I remember you sent me the the picture or whatever. I remember you sent me the picture and uh, he was. I seen him standing in the warmups. So, um, you know, I, that was a shocker that he because he's a to me he's like a spark plug off the bench. He gonna come in. He might not get that many carries, but he's gonna go as hard as he can when he does touch the ball. So, I thought that was huge in the game that not a lot of people talk about. Um, obviously, everybody's going to be missing some players for injury, but that was a key one uh, to me. So, Zamir White still stood back. Swift stood back. And us being able to slow them down kind of put – it made Fromm play a little tighter, I think. I, I don't think he was playing as loose as he did in previous games. I think – I think Georgia's offensive line was getting owned by South Carolina's defensive yeah, line. Yeah, and that's something that that's something that nobody saw coming either. Yeah. Because I mean, everybody knows Ken Law is a, is a monster. He's three hundred whatever pounds, six foot eight. I mean, he's going to be a matchup problem for anybody. But I mean, Georgia's offensive line across the front is what I mean. You know, it's, I'm like it's a thousand, I think sixteen to seventeen hundred. They all weigh right. anywhere from three thirty to three fifty. Right. I mean, that's a that's a, that's beef up front. You know what I mean? And all of them are big. Uh, highly recruited players that's got a lot of experience. I think. Well, who's the most? Who's the least experienced player? Is it the center, or is it the I'm probably Cade? Mays. Cade Mays. They he's a sophomore, I, right? He's a sophomore. They got yeah. Isaiah Wilson. But Cade Mays was yeah. still wasn't he a five star? He's five five, five star, star line. So they got studs up front. So everybody knew, you know, Ken Law is going to get his. Ken Law is going to get his against everybody. He's a top. He's proven himself as a top prospect. So you know, but. Everybody else has got to come, and our linebackers, who what has not been good for the last couple of years, you know, that's what I worried about. I worried about, you know, get once the running backs get to that second level, would our linebackers be able to tackle them in the hole or tackle them in space? And uh, we were able to hold them, you know, as, as not – you ain't going to stop Georgia's run game. You ain't going to do it. But we were able to, able to hold them in check good enough and limit them to make Fromm have to – drop back and have some third and medium, third and longs 
and he just played a little bit tighter. I just don't think he was playing as loose. I think, I think the switch in tight ends from last year to this year um, has helped. Was he's good? Uh, Eli Wolf is a good blocker, but is that is that the Wolf kid from didn't the Wolf from Tennessee? Uh, he, he's the one covering Tennessee. That's his brother, or um, I'm not. I'm not really sure. Ethan, he had a brother named Ethan Wolf, maybe. I, I think I think another Wolf kid played tight end at but, Tennessee. But I know he just come to Georgia this past year. Okay. And uh, he's a senior. But um, Isaac Nalda. Yeah, he, he was the big he, guy for 18 from 18 last year. 18 from last year. He would find a way to get in the passing game, too. Yeah, and, and he's from, a good blocker, too. And Fromm had a couple opportunities last this past Saturday. Uh, Wolf missed two to three passes. Right. From, uh, 10, 15 yard plays that uh, Georgia had to use a wide receiver because the tight ends could catch the ball. Right, right. That's one thing uh, South Carolina kind of had a little. They had a tight end preseason. Uh, he basically come up and said that he couldn't play anymore for injury while he had to retire from the game. So that kind of threw a wrench in it for us at tight end too. Um, but yeah, Georgia. You know they were breaking in some new weapons this year, as far as receiver and tight end. But they, like I said, they were going to lean on those running backs and that big offensive line, and then from. So, as the game goes on, let's talk about the Holinsky injury. All right. So, at first, when you first watch it, it looks like it's a, it's kind of a dirty play, right? The guy, the guy kind of dives uh, at his knee, hits him in the knee. But then when you go back and watch it, the um, the guy. On TV, who was announcing the game? I don't even remember. It was or Orlovsky or I'm not sure. I yeah, know. I can't remember. Well, you was on at the game, so you don't know. But uh, he kind of goes back and says, "Look, the tackle uh, had his foot out. Our tackle was blocking their end, and the kid's foot hits our lineman's foot, and he's obviously running full speed. So as he hits his foot, he trips and falls forward." And then he ends up, you know, getting up on his knee. So, I don't really think it was a dirty play. I know South Carolina fans, they were – I mean, it looks they, bad. They were, if, rowdy, they were rowdy because they thought that since Georgia couldn't stop Polinsky. Yeah. And Polinsky kept moving the ball. Yeah. They, they – South Carolina fans figured that Georgia was just trying to get Polinsky out of the game. Right. And get the carry-on joiner in the game. Right. So Who's on a bum hamstring. Yeah. So, that happens or whatever. It doesn't look good. We know for a fact he's probably done for today because uh, he was getting banged around pretty good even before that. Like, he was getting hit. He wasn't getting hurt, but he was getting hit. So, that happens. Like I said, I don't think it's a dirty play. So, he's out. Okay, so now you bring in Joyner, who's coming off, who hasn't played. He's, he hasn't played quarterback at all much, period. And then he hasn't played receiver or played in a game because he's been nursing the hamstring. So now, as a Gamecock fan, we're like, because I think we're still up. We're up 17-10. 17-10. So, that's when this positive vibe come in at Sanford right. Stadium so, for the Georgia fans. So that's when everybody's saying, Georgia fans, why is it like, all right, we, we finna take over. Because right? the same thing last year, you know, at, at Columbia, we were in it the first half. And then the second half, Georgia just mashed the gas on us and kind of ran it and did whatever they wanted to. So, uh. So, he goes out, and all of us are like, man, Joyner, you know, he's not really a, a great passer yet. You know, I ain't going to say he's not a great passer. He can't be a great passer. But he's proven he's not the best passer on the team. And his strength is running the ball, right, a QB run game. And he can get out of there and make something shake, even if something breaks down and, you know, you get rushed or whatever. 
So now he's got a bad hamstring, so that throws a wrench into that. So you got? Do you got any South Carolina stats? Or you just got Georgia. I got Georgia? South Carolina. I got South stats. All right. What's uh? What was what was Joiner's passing and rushing stats? Jordan was sick passing. He was six for twelve for thirty-nine yards. So that's really pretty much nothing. Even though he completed some some clutch balls, like he completed a slant on third down, I think he completed a couple others. He still missed missed a good many too. What well, about his rushing? In the rushing game, he had uh, six rushing attempts, twenty-eight yards. Right, and those to me, that was what kept the chains moving on third and two, or what kept the chains moving on. Uh, you know, third and four or five, and we drop back and nothing's there, and he gets out of there and makes something happen. And it was amazing because, you know, on a bum hamstring, it's hard to run. You know, it's hard to run. It's hard to be shifty. It's hard to make cuts. So I thought Joyner just being a team player and and coming in and doing what had to be done and not trying to do too much, you know what I mean? Because he could have easily came in there threw a pick, fumbled the ball, tried to do too much, and, and ruined the game, right? But at that point, I'm thinking, okay, if Georgia scores another touchdown, we're probably going to lose. Because I didn't see us scoring another touchdown with Joyner in there. I thought maybe we could get in field goal range, drive the ball a little bit, and, you know, get some points. But I didn't think we were going to be able to score a touchdown. All right, what about – what about uh, you got rushing stats? I got rushing stats. All right, what, what's South Carolina's rushing stats? Dowell had Rico Dowell, number five, had 21 carries, 79 yards. Okay, so that's pretty solid. Feaster got the ball seven times for 27 yards. 27 yards, but Feaster had a couple catches too, right? So, Feaster had, I think he had a couple of screen balls he caught, and then Dowell kind of kind of had some big runs too. So, offensive-wise, it wasn't a big game for South Carolina. We, we more or less possessed the ball, right? We kept it, moved the chains a little bit. Hit, hit a big play for a touchdown and, and kind of let Joyner kind of manage the game in the second half and don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake because the defense was playing well. So, let's say after Joyner comes in, you know, the game kind of is getting towards the end. All right. So, then, let's see. I'm trying to remember how this whole thing went because it's kind of like a blur. So, Georgia, there was a, there was a penalty. There was – when Georgia was driving in the fourth quarter. I'm not, I'm not, I ain't talking about the holding. I'm talking about before that. There was one uh, that kept a drive going. It was, it was either a P.I. It must have been a pass interference. I think it was a pass interference. So, on that same drive before they scored a touchdown, there was multiple penalties. All right. Multiple penalties. And then, you know, you get down to the red zone. It's third and, what is it, third and seven, third and third, something, something like that. Prom throws it. Brown throws it out the back of the end zone. Throws it out the back of the end zone, and they call a hold on Jamie Robinson. It was at the tight end that they was throwing it to. I think I think they was trying to hit uh, either Wolf or Robert or Robertson. Yeah, I think run, so too. Running coming through the middle from overthrow him. He overthrows him, and they don't call pass interference because the ball would have been uncatchable. So they call a hold. Now, did he tug his jersey? Yes, he did. Is it a ticky tack call? I think it is, but they made the call, so it is what it is. So, first of all, what do you think about it? Do you think it's solid? I mean, this is the way I have to look at it, okay? As a, most Georgia fans won't admit it. I think the Georgia refs, they knew that Georgia was, was trying to get back in the ball game. Yeah. And that was ball game with the overthrow pass right there. Right. So, I think Georgia, the, the referees – 
Yeah. And see, you know, people's theory on referees is conference officials. All right. The, the conference, the SEC gets money for teams going to the playoffs. So people's theory is, and who knows if it's true or not, that conference officials are going to be more lenient towards those top teams because they want to make sure that they have the best chance to win and get to that playoff. So that's the uh, that's the uh, thought of people when they talk about ah the game. You know, these, this team gets these calls, and you know they probably do. You know, good better teams probably do get a little more calls than. Same way Michael Jordan got more foul calls than, you know, some no-name, right? It's, just, you know, a big-name players, big-name teams are going to get those calls. So, either way, they call it, all right? So, then, at that point, I'm thinking, all right, first down, and they score on the next play, I think. Score on a pass to Demetrius Robertson. Right, score on a pass. So, now they tied up. So, now I'm thinking, all right, how much is two minutes left? What is it, it two minutes it was left? two minutes left. Two minutes left, they score. Georgia right. fans, and they, they were going crazy. South Carolina fans. So, at that point, Georgia fans are probably like, we good. We're going to win. They, you know? played, they played the entrance video again. They, they got, <laughs> tried, got everybody fired up. Everybody going. Oh, yeah. So, they kick it off to us. Well, obviously, we got less than two minutes to try to go down the field and get three points. And uh, so – we got Joiner back there, so we're not going to be able to drive down. You know what I mean? Nobody's got any confidence that we can do that. So, we're thinking, as a Gamecock fan, I'm thinking, best-case scenario, maybe we can get a field goal, maybe, but best-case scenario, go to overtime. All right? So, we obviously end up having to punt. So, we punt. Georgia – no, 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 we didn't punt. We got – we get close enough where we're going to try a long field goal. Which I think is a mistake because I don't remember how long it was a fifty-something yarder. Parker White's career long. I think he hit that day. It was like a forty-seven, forty-nine, something like that. So, what was you gonna say? South Carolina fans. All right, was you around any game fan other than I, your? I, I know was, your dad. I was in the middle of. Them. Okay, so what did they say whenever they tried to attempt the field goal? They said they were. They said let Charles, let Joe the let Charles them punt. Team. Okay, so let they pin them. Let them pin them deep. All right, so I'm I'm with them all right i'm saying look let's pin them deep don't give them a chance to get an easy field goal and beat us because that rodrigo blankenship is a stud right he's a stud so we go for the field goal obviously he misses it right and probably would have been short too so then georgia gets the ball they're coming back the other way i mean it's where's the ball the 40 something yard line 40 it's uh George gets it with a minute. Throw quick passes, run the ball. Right. They get it up to about the 44. The 44, which would make it a 50-yard field goal maybe, and something they, like that. They handed the ball off to Swift, and he got it down to about maybe 41. He got three yards. Right. They set up, I think it was going to be a, maybe a 50-yard field goal maybe. Right. They tried to squeeze one more play in. And they got an illegal shift. They got an illegal shift. Back them up. Which that throw, I mean, it's a five-yard penalty, but in that situation, it's a huge penalty. So that backs them up, and that pushes the attempt from. From a thing, it was a it was it was going to be a fifty-one yarder. Okay. And it went from a fifty-six yarder, and Blankenship's career long was fifty-five. Yeah. So so see, I was thinking when it, when it was going on, I was thinking the field goal was longer 
than 56 after the penalty. So it was 56 yards yeah, after the penalty. 56 yards after all right, so let, I'm, if you're the coach, all right, you got Blankenship, there's less pressure because if you miss, you're still going to overtime. So it's not a make or miss, win or lose type thing. So what do you – I mean, Georgia fans are wanting them, obviously, to kick it. Georgia fans are furious. Right, because they, they're wanting them to kick it. There you're screaming Blankenship to the top of their – Top of their lungs, um, they're hollering specs. I mean, they're they're just cheering them on. Right. They want him to get in there, and or they want Kirby to give him a shot. They want Kirby to give him a shot because they they felt that it seemed like the coach didn't have confidence in Blankenship. In the kicker, which was one of the strongest strongest legs right. in college football. Right. And, and it wasn't like he blew one earlier. He got it blocked. It got blocked. Right. So, all right. So, obviously, they end up not doing that. Right? So, goes overtime. Okay. So, in the overtime, I'm thinking, all right, we got a better shot of winning overtime than we did trying to drive down and get a field goal because Joyner wasn't going to be able to drive the the length of the field. It just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. So, we got the rush. We got the rush game, run game going. Uh, so our best chance to win it is take this thing to overtime and just try to battle on defense, try to get a few yards and win it with a field goal somehow. So Georgia gets the ball first, right? And then I don't remember if it first play, second play, whatever play it was, Fromm throws it. Well, who who did he throw to on the tip ball? Let's see. Thank you, Bill. It was one of his wide receivers. He tried to hit. Yeah, I think it was number five maybe. Well, he tips it up. And then Mukwamu with the long arms, he's already had two other picks today. He picks it off. And then after that. So after that, after Georgia fans are probably in shock. Georgia fans are are furious as they come. Right. Because they're throwing stuff that So not, not only are they mad now now them being mad from the field goal, not attempting the field goal, it's just boiling over even I mean, worse. It was bull, it was boiling hot. Right. Fifteen minutes span. It doesn't put the confidence out of blanket ship. Yeah. Doesn't throw the interception with from. And then, you know, the interception, that, that gives up your possession. So now, Sacramento's just got to have a field goal. Sacramento fans are, we get a field goal, we are all right. It's over, yeah, it's over. It's a ball game. So, we get the ball. We run whatever plays. I think it's third and, or fourth and two, maybe. All right. 33-yard field goal. Parker White goes out there. From the left hash, right? It was a left hash. From the left hash, 33-yard field goal for the win. You make it. You beat Georgia. Number three on the road is over. Georgia fans had their had their hands and arms <laughs> on their head. So all right, was it silent in the stadium? No? It, it was loud. It was loud, so they were they were that, still they were still they, trying to rattle the kicker, right? Gamecock fans, that's probably the cop that I seen them all. Day. So they was just knew they were gonna make it. He was gonna make it. They, they was hollering lights out. Lights, lights out. out. Lights out. Party's over. <laughs> he. So, so Gamecock fans were pretty much chalking it up. It was a, it's done deal. It's done deal. Just go ahead and grab your piece of hedges and keep going. Cut out the lights. Lights right. out in Athens, Georgia. So they thought it was over. All right. So, anyways, I'm gonna give. We were at my house. This is the first game. You gotta remember now. I just bought a new house. So this is my first game I've ever watched in my new house. All right. So I got some of my buddies over there. Coach Bradley. Shout out, Coach Bradley. He's over there with us. And uh, we we. We're all just like dead silent, all right? So we're standing there, and everybody's on edge. So they snap the ball back. He kicks it up. 
and he, misses it. He misses it. And he you missed would, it. You think Georgia just won the national championship. <laughs> so, it, it erupted in the stadium. It, eru- it erupted loud and quick. I mean, it was so, – So, at that point, Georgia fans are like, Georgia, okay. Georgia fans are going insane. I mean, jumping around the bleachers. I mean – Yeah, it, so they, they, they got crazy. new life. And it, it just – I don't understand. I can't explain to you how crushing it is. To, and it wasn't like it was a long field goal. You know, it's a chip shot, a 33-yard field goal chip shot. So, he misses it. So everybody at this point is like, we just blew it. We blew our chance. At that point, it was what it did was South Carolina fans were sitting inside Georgia's student section. Yeah. When he missed the kick, it created the biggest junk talking. I mean, foul so, language, <laughs> middle fingers. All Georgia, nine yards. Georgia students were on South Carolina's tail. As soon as he and missed the field goal. As soon as he missed the field goal, they were on him. So at that point, in but to be honest. You don't really see teams come back from that. Like, if you miss a game winner like that, you have that opportunity to just end it. A lot of times, man, it's like that's backbreaking. Like, your team's just like, man, what else are we supposed to do? And then, uh, so, then we kick it miss it. So, then our offense has to go back out there because in college overtime, you know, it flops. So, that was the end of the first overtime. So, Georgia got the ball first in the first overtime. So, now in the second overtime, South Carolina got to get it first. So, not only we, we we go down there and miss the field goal, now our offense has got to turn around and come back out there with Joyner. All right, so we go down and end up getting having a nice little drive. We run the ball down towards in, inside the 10. Didn't we get inside the 10? Got inside 10, but they, they took a chance and went for it on fourth and two. No, it was third and two. Third, third and two. Third and two. Third and two, we were going to run. It was under center. All right, and number 52, off. who's number 52? Uh, the D-lineman. Tyler Clark. Tyler Clark. So, we under center, we're going to hand it off, single back backfield to, uh, I think it was, who was it? Was it Dowdle? I think it was Dowdle. It was, it was Dowdle. It was Dowdle. Took it, took it up to about and five And we whiff, our right tackle is supposed to come down onto the their tackle, 52, Clark. He whiffs, all right? So, Clark squeezes in there and just smashes Dowdle right in the mouth and it's like a minus whatever. So it goes from third and two to fourth and about six probably. And that, when he come through the middle, if you if you watch the film, if you look back on the replay on it, he was ready. When he handed the ball, Tyler Clark was in his face. Was in his face, yeah, he had no shot. He had no shot. He had no shot. So that makes it fourth and six. We gotta keep the field goal now. When, when uh, Dowdle went down, Georgia fans, you thought he'd have missed – you thought Parker White missed another line. They <laughs> so, were, they went crazy. They were going crazy. All right, so, so – Parker White lines up for the field goal. So, at this point, you got to remember now, we just missed a 33-yard chip shot for the win. So, nobody's got any confidence in Parker White. And I got to give him credit because he goes out there and he knocks this one through. Now, is it an easy field goal? Yes. Should he knock it through? Yes. But he did it, right? Think about the mind game. You know what I mean? Like, his, come, what's come going on. through his head just, at that field goal? Missed game win. I just missed the game winner. If I miss this one, yeah. what's going to happen? You know what I mean? We got like, blanket shit. All he's got to do is put all it All he's got to do is put it through. All right, so so he goes in there, give him credit. He knocks it through, even though he should have made the first one. I'll go to my grave saying that. He should have made the first one. So he knocks it through. So then Georgia gets the ball. All right, and I thought this was the biggest part of it. All right, Georgia's offense doesn't gain a yard. So they go first and 10, second and 10, third and 10, fourth and 10. So 
even if you get eight yards, that field goal is a whole lot shorter than it is from – it's a 42-yarder if you don't gain any yards, which is what it was. So 42 is a whole lot different than 35, 34, 33. See down it's a there big when, difference. When Georgia got the ball back down by three in second overtime, we got ball on 25-yard line. Everybody was – it's blanket shit. Right. He's going to have lose too many. It's blanket shit. So they starting them first, second, third. So what's the what's the what's the stadium like whenever he gets up there for the game for the kick? When he gets up there for the kick. Everybody's relaxed, cheering them on. Right. Rodrigo, they're cheering them on. Yeah. And then. And then he, he shanks it. <laughs> he misses it, and all Gamecock fans go berserk. Right, biggest win and program for the program since Will Muschamp's been the coach. So that was definitely a. It was Georgia's. It was actually Georgia. Georgia had lost at home. To ha- it's like so many East opponents, so, right? So many. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, and Fromm's never lost a home start. Right, never. And uh, it was it was like it was just a slap to the face. Yeah, Georgia. A little reality check. A little reality check. So obviously it was unbelievable. Then everybody, all right. I gotta ask you this one too. All right, so the hedges thing. All right, do other teams do that? Like when they win at Georgia, do they pull up the hedges or? Usually it's a rival team. Last time Georgia Tech beat Georgia, they did it. Mason, they went straight to the hedges. Right. So South Carolina players, first thing they did was grab the flag and go over to the to to where our fans were. South Carolina fans were. And you see a couple of Georgia security guards lock arms so right. they get hedges. Right. So there were some just standing by watching. So whenever standing by watching, you see four or five South Carolina players go there and start yanking the hedges. Right. And that's when the Georgia, that's when the Georgia crowd got got fired got, up. Because like it was weird. Like after the game, a lot of times if a team loses like that, like as soon as it happens, everybody's just gonna start piling out of the stadium. But Georgia fans were, like, still in there. Yeah. Like, they stayed. Georgia fans, when they got in the hedges, they stayed in there and they was they was mad. They right. They booing mad. Well, you know, I didn't know how – I didn't know if that was a thing that, like, happened often or – because I know uh, – I listened to another podcast, um, Eric Kimmerich's podcast, and Steve Tannehill uh, was on there, and he was talking about um, the, where they had gotten pieces of the hedges before every time they'd won there or something like that. So I didn't know if it was like a, something that they just did or, or whatever, but uh, it, I mean it is disrespectful. But at the end of the day, if you what win, the fans were saying they wouldn't have to worry about the uh, thing that ticked off a bunch of Georgia fans. Where they after the game, they was uh, they was all complaining because they none of them was ready to play football Saturday. Right. Georgia. Well, they I think overlooked South Carolina. Right. I think it was that. I think it was a lot. I think you know Georgia has been hearing about how great they are. All year, right? So they're thinking in their mind, man, we just got to show up. We're going to beat these boys. Who's next? You know, who's next? Yeah, move on. And then, um, But you can't do that. That's the difference between the SEC and a lot of other conferences is even your teams who aren't great teams, which South Carolina is not a great team. You look back three years ago, Vanderbilt, 12 o'clock game, come into Georgia. And beat them. And beat Georgia 17-16. to 16 Right. With Cuddenham. Zach Cunningham, and, yeah, that's when they had a a good little group. But it's just like you can't – you got to show up because at the end of the day, most of the time, whoever you're playing at SEC, whether it be Tennessee, 
whether it be Mississippi State, whether it be Ole Miss, most of those teams are going to have a top 25 recruiting class. So even if they're not a good team, they're going to have athletes. So you, and if they're motivated and they're, they're fired up because you're a high, highly ranked team, you better be ready to go. You know what I mean? So to me, that's, that's the difference. Like, is South Carolina a great team because they beat Georgia? No. Is Georgia still a better team? Yeah, they definitely probably are a better team because they're a better roster. They got more talent. You know, they're just – they're a top-notch roster. But if you don't show up and play hard, you're going to get beat. Yeah, it's all about effort and playing hard. And if you watch that game, South Carolina played South Carolina really deserved hard. To, deserved to win that game. They did. Georgia. They did. They played so hard. And, and I'm, that's my team, so I'm critical of my own team. So I'm going to say if we don't play hard, I'm going to tell you I don't think we played hard. If we play hard, I'll tell you I think we did. So – it was it was a obviously a good thing a good win for me as a fan, and then I know it was tough for you to watch your team you know kind of lay an egg when you know you're a better team but you still just get beat you know what I mean so I appreciate you coming in but I want to ask you one more thing before you go and uh, this is from uh, Mark Truesdale all right so I heard you made some type of bet so you tell us what your bet was for Mark Truesdale well, Mr Truesdale here at uh, Andrew Jackson High School. Well, me and him last Friday, we was going back and forth at it. Yeah. And I always, when I go to Georgia or a road game, I get a souvenir cup. So, I got one this past weekend that said, light up Sanford. I bought it before the game. And I told him I would I would ride in a Sharpie to score and bring it to, to his classroom today. <laughs> and he said, all right, but he's got one final bet for me. He's got his South Carolina flags up in on, his a, room? on a smart board. On a smart board. And he said, the winner of the game, the loser – gets the flag and puts it on the car for the next week and rides around with it on. Now, he says the rest of the semester. It could be that. It, <laughs> it, it could be that. It could be. You So, you mean to tell me you don't know what the event is? I, I really wasn't concerned about it because I figured Yeah, Georgia, you knew he was going to win anyway. I, I figured Georgia would win anyway. Yeah. So, when I come back to school, it was kind of a make my own stipulation. Right. So, do you got the cup with the score on it? I ain't got it with me, but I got it. I so do you? But you do have it. You got it. When I find out what's going, what's our uh, ending bet. Right. Hopefully, hopefully not. Day you might let me ride one more day with my Georgia flags on. Yeah, and then you'll have to uh, start tomorrow. I'm gonna bring him his cup and replace my Georgia flags with South Carolina flags man, and ride around. I'm telling you one thing. Well, hey, you're a good, good guy for uh, making you, making your bet. And being a man of your word, so I got to give you some credit for that. So, all right, so let's do a quick uh, – we'll definitely have you back on uh, and talk some football and some other stuff later in the year. But um, let's give you your – what's your prediction for the SEC East for the rest of the season? What you think? You think Georgia's going to rebound from this or you think they're going to kind of, you know, have a little adversity the and kind of have a fallback? The, the last two years – Last year at LSU, Georgia went and got hit in the mouth. They expected to win. Right. Bounced back, made to the SC championship, gave Alabama all they wanted. They probably should have won the game. The year before that, they went to Auburn at Jordan Hare. They uh, Auburn went, blowed them out 40 to 17, come back, rebounded to the SC championship, beat Auburn. 
Right. So, so I think look, looking at this Saturday, I think this is one of the biggest games all year. And, and y'all you know, got Kentucky, Kentucky, right? Yeah, y'all should smoke Kentucky. Though. I think it's gonna be a rebound game because we got that. We got a bye week. Well, here's we what Florida. here's what it is. It'll show you this game. This game this week will show you whether they've refocused or whether they like, man, you know, this is, you know, whatever. So if they come out and throttle Kentucky like they should, then that should be a good sign for going you. Going into a bye week. Going into a bye week Florida, and then the Florida, Florida game. Georgia game. Yep, big game. That big should game. determine the SEC East Championship. Right, right. But right now you see Missouri is ahead. But. but see, Missouri, the thing about Missouri is you don't know if they're going to be eligible to play in the championship or not, which is Missouri is a f- weird team, man. They sneak in that championship game. Thank you. Know. They come, you got the month of November, Georgia got Florida and Jacksonville. Missouri comes to Sanford Stadium. Yeah. Then you got Ed Auburn, and you got A and M at home. Then so that means go to Georgia Tech. Right. That's that's no no easy no easy schedule to rest it away for sure. So. All right. Well, hopefully the Gamecocks can can at least get ball eligible and, and build off the win. I hope they can build off the win, beat the teams they're supposed to, and uh, and go from there. So, everybody's wanting you to, you to give them uh, your famous Georgia. Uh, saying you always say so. Give us, give us one of them for the road. Send everybody home with. I tell them Georgia get ready to play somebody. Get them dolls. Get them. <laughs> All right, Landon. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll definitely have you back uh, here soon. So everybody, uh, go out, follow the Schoolhouse Scallywags podcast on Twitter. Uh, I'll be sharing the episodes on um, Facebook and Twitter. So you come on and uh, listen and tell us what you think. Appreciate it. Everybody have a good one. Oh, oh.